Welcome back. Welcome in once again, Country Roads Confidential here at earsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. And if I were a betting man, I would say that today's podcast guest is going to be extremely popular as the season progresses. I welcome in Alan Bell, formerly, I guess, of 24-7, now full-time with Sportsline. You gave me some very impressive title, and we just agreed to go with analyst. <laughs> yeah, but you man. are the man in charge of the information over there, for sure. I think we can put that safely. So, hey, thanks for helping me out, because we have a lot to sort out and figure out here. And uh, I would imagine that you've been really busy trying to get up to speed on the changing landscape here. Yeah, definitely. You know, first off, I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Like, it, it's probably the same as, as what you're dealing with, um, you know, what everyone at 24-7 is and the fan base as a whole. There's been so much change, you know, as of late. Um, and it, there's so much, you know, in the air. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we've got a couple conferences determined to play, um, some that aren't. And uh, it's just been a crazy time. It's the craziest college football season I've ever seen, and we haven't even started yet. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, let's, let's set some groundwork here, too. I say formerly of 24-7, now with sports time. We're all under the same umbrella. We're all CBS-ish, right? We're adjacent to the same big eye. Um, <laughs> yep. But they all kind of hold hands in different regards, too. Um, just the structure here about where you were, where you are, how does that work now? And, and, and then from there, what's your everyday like? Because analyst at a sports wagering site seems like it's a pretty broad but probably pretty fun title it is it is so i'll say you know about six seven years ago uh came to 24 7 sports uh to start the nfl team over there uh we had a lot of great success uh you know i'm based here in nashville uh you know where the uh, the home office is for 24 7 and yeah i mean it went great and then you know obviously a couple of years ago cbs you know acquired uh 24 7 sports and uh had a little bit of reorganizing, you know, for where 24-7 would be the leader in recruiting and college information, <clears throat> excuse me, and the NFL team, NBA teams all went to CBS Sports. Uh, so, yeah, you know, saw an opportunity there, saw also an opportunity at Sportsline.com, which is essentially the sports wagering arm of CBS Sports. Uh, so, yeah, jumped over there uh, last year. I love it. it uh, it's fantastic because I get to look at, you know, really all sports, uh, but from a betting perspective and, and also – you know, with Sportsline, obviously, we, we, you know, focus heavily on wagering, but we also focus on data and information, right? So we love to simulate games. We love to break down, um, you know, just from a data perspective of, of where teams sit, where we project them, um, and just kind of finding, you know, anomalies, uh, you know, in the lines. We might have to edit this out because I didn't do my homework on this. So if we get this wrong, screw it. We're going to cut it out. But <laughs> some of the subscriptions – overlap like a 24 7 sub like a vip will get you some level of access to sports line am i wrong there uh it it used to get a full access there's some now and again you know that it, it kind of you know shifts and moves as you know the 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 company over the top um you know sees of where they want to focus like the big focus now is you know cbs all access right so i, I believe mm -hmm. that's what comes with a 24 7 sports subscription as well uh same with us so you know, where we used to have that crossover, it's all focused on CBS All Access, which is fantastic, by the way. I suggest anyone that's a 24-7 sports member uh, get in tune with that. It's really good data. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's, the, that's the beautiful part about it. And I'll kind of, you know, bring it all together with this. You know, one of the big uh, focuses for me at Sportsline, not only 
um, you know, is analyzing these games and the data and information, and whatnot. But it's also bringing together all of our arms, you know, to to make it one great company, right? So I, I love working with the twenty four seven sports team to provide any kind of uh, betting data, wagering information, et cetera, anything. Uh, bringing it together with CBS Sports with their, uh, you know, respective teams. So that's another big part of mine is seeing how can we all fit together because we all do different things in a fantastic way. How do we bring it for the user 100% full circle? And that's really what my goal is. Bingo. Um, I pretend I'm a know-it-all, as a lot of sports writers (laughs) do. And I'll spend a week getting to know a game and a season getting to know a team and Sometimes the things I think are going to happen do is sports. Frequently, that's not the case. Um, I can look at specific categories, comparisons, matchups in a game and think there's no way that this team is going to beat that one. There's no way that team isn't going to get exploited. And I don't know, 50-50, you're right or you're wrong. It's very interpretive. It's subjective. You talk yourself into outcomes based on how important you value that information. Um, that's good. That's bad. It probably keeps those um, casinos in business in Vegas, right? <laughs> but yeah. what you all do is much more scientific, is much less subjective, too. You mentioned simulations. You mentioned data. Without giving away the secret sauce here, how does it work over there, and how is it different from what I just described? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, what we do is, uh, you know, we've got our sports line advanced um, uh, computer model, and really what that is is this, is we take uh, all the data that we have uh, available, and, I mean, that's, you know – Information about the team, players returning, players, you know, that have left. Uh, we take the Vegas lines, betting data, and all kinds of things in between, right? And, and we simulate uh, games, seasons, anything you name it, 10,000 times, okay? So we simulate that, and what we do is we get a percentage uh, put together, and we'll grade, you know, not only bets, um, you know, for, for a specific game, but we try to break down, you know, really everything um, – in terms of what goes on in that game. So I let me give you an example of what I'm talking about, and it'll make a lot more sense. So, uh, you know, Thursday night, Friday, whatever, you've got a baseball game, right? So if you've got, you know, the Pirates at the Cardinals, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to simulate that game 10,000 times. We're going to grade each bet. And what I mean by that is, is the money line pick, the over-under total, uh, and the run line. Uh, and we're going to give you a projected score. We're going to give you a projection of stats for every single player that's going to be involved in that game. So you might not be someone that is, and when I say you, I mean anyone listening, you may not be someone that's big into sports wagering per se, but you could take our data in terms of the players and, you know, we, we, we do fantasy as well, right? So we're going to give you accurate projections week by week of exactly which players are set to shine, which players aren't, who you should play in daily fantasy, how you should go about drafts, who you should play week to week. I mean, all that information. So, yeah, in a nutshell, that's what we do. Let's um, transition here into the reason that we're talking college football, Big 12, West Virginia. But I want to use this as the backdrop here. We've had um, unusual MLB and NBA back. And the betting is – it's it's strange right now because there's no home court, for example. And, you know – it's hard to predict some things because, for example, who saw Phoenix going 8-0 in the bubble? But who knew how anybody was going to react to the bubble after all that time off? MLB, again, no home field. You don't know who's going to be available for the other team. It's not apples to apples. I get that. But when you talk about 
the volatility and the different variables involved in this particular environment right now. What lessons have we learned or do you think we can apply to college football and spending and wasting our money there? <laughs> no, that, 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 that's, a, that's a great point. It's a great question. So I think what we've learned so far is that offense is up. And what I mean by that is it goes across all three sports. So you see uh, Major League Baseball, like coming into it, you know, if you were just thinking in your head, you'd say, well, you know, the teams with the best pitching staffs, um, you know, are going to shine. And while that is somewhat true, you know, hitting has been up. We've seen a lot more home runs. We've seen, obviously, with the Padres, you know, going on a run of, what, four or five straight days with a grand slam. The, the Chicago White Sox. I mean, offense has been up there. Offense has been up in the NBA. And to give you a data point in regards to it, it's even been the same in, in the NHL and hockey. So usually, if you look at an over-under total in any given NHL game, whether it's regular season or playoffs, generally the over-under is going to be five. That's where it's pretty much always going to be 95% of the time. The scoring in the NHL since uh, the return has been so large that the average total has moved to around 5.7, 5.8. And that might not sound like a lot, but it is, right? So I think that's one big thing. Now, does that translate to football? That's a good question, whether it's college football or the NFL, because defense is always going to be ahead of offense. I mean, we, you know, we, we've been preached that forever, and it's true. So what are we going to see in week one in, in either league, you know, where there's really been you know, a, a truncated offseason – uh, especially college-wise, you probably had a lot of players that just didn't have access to weight rooms, um, you know, with the quarantine and everything going on. So what's conditioning going to look like? Um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I, I would assume that scoring will be up in week one just because every other sport has been that same way. But football is a different beast. So, you know, I, that's the first thing that I would look at. The second one is going to be what, you know, how much do home games and home field advantage truly play into it? If there are going to be no fans at games, 25% of fans at games, like what is that going to look like? And I wish I had the answer for you. I don't know. Uh, but everything that we're seeing so far is that scoring is, is surprisingly up when I thought it would be down. So here's a theory I have. And tell me if I'm onto something or if I'm off my rocker, okay? Yeah, for sure. I I agree. Scoring absolutely going to be up. I love under bets in the final third to quarter of the season. Reason being, I, I think that offenses are going to be somewhat limited in the amount of preparation time they have for the regular season, you know, for the preseason to get into the regular season. And then in between games, you're probably just trying to clean stuff up. You don't have time to install. I would imagine coaches are going to whittle things down and just instead of doing seven things, let's do four and get really, really good at them. Who knows how many players make it through because of injuries and whether their bodies are prepared. Maybe some people, you know, run away from it. Maybe COVID strikes and wipes out, I don't know, a position of player. Who knows? But, like, stuff like that, we don't know. But I also see really good defenses being able to hone in on the limited number of things an offense does and stuff that it sees in week one and week two, week three, week four. And more importantly, between week three and four, two things disappeared. Between week four and five, something else disappeared. And here's this offense at Texas. Here's this offense at Oklahoma State. It's really narrowed down its focus into a couple of things. It's really good at those things, but if I'm a good defensive coordinator, I'm going to be able to prepare for four things much easier than I'm going to be able to prepare for seven or eight, too. And I wonder if familiarity beyond just the way the teams in the conference know each other, it seems like it's going to be exaggerated perhaps this year. I could see low-scoring games, unders, um, 
never mind surprises, but just like those type of outcomes were, you know, 23 to 13 games, uh, not these like 38 to 31 games the Big 12 is accustomed to. Good, bad, crazy. <laughs> Good. I, I think you're spot on. Like, and, you know, especially with what you said in terms of, you know, coaches condensing things down, I 100% agree. Um, like I said, you know, I'm here in Nashville, you know, pay attention to the uh, Tennessee Titans, you know, in terms of, of them just being a local team, right? So, you know, that that's pretty accurate of what, you know, Mike Vrabel, uh, you know, has been doing with his team is saying, you know what, we don't have a lot of time to really install everything that we want to do. Let's focus on who we are. Let's get better at that. Um, and if, you know, what we master, we can move on and get to the next, but let's just be, you know, fundamentally and technique sound. Um, and it's going to take care of itself. So I agree with you completely. I, I think you're spot on with that. Okay. Uh, some other ones then here too, since, since you're on my good side, I wonder <laughs> underdog bets could be really fun because who knows, maybe Tennessee, um, I'm actually Tennessee's good. Never mind. Uh, maybe let's stay in Tennessee. Maybe Vanderbilt just surprises somebody in the sec they're not supposed to because the other team didn't have a full offensive line in that game or perhaps like they just prepared better early in the season and or they used a bye week better um, you can make these examples in, in a number of the conferences that are still playing where we're probably going to get unexpected outcomes the trouble is there it's not going to happen all the time we're going to take that bait and a line looks a little bit too good or man i think this team can spring the upset here um underdogs are always popular i think there's going to be a tendency to favor them even more this year I don't think that there's any way to predict that it's going to be more or less uh, underdog prone than the past. But from your feel and your simulation, how do you think underdogs fare? Well, you know, I'll say this uh, for week one. Um, oh, great. Because, again, you, you know, you're going to be able to shop lines. You know, if we're, if we're looking at, you know, spreads, you're going to see books that are kind of all over the board where, you know, in normal uh, you know, seasons, you know, books are pretty close to each other, you know, within a half a point, a point. But with week one, especially college football, you know, th th there's going to be disparity. So if you find, you know, an, uh, an underdog that you like where, the you know, the matchup is, is just favorable, you're going to be able to shop, find a good line on that. So I completely agree with you. Now, the one thing I will say is this, is that through the simulation data that we've been doing so far, Favorites are getting a boost, and it's not all of them, but the the, the super elite teams at the top, uh, a Clemson, an Alabama, even, a, you know, a, say a Georgia, um, they have been getting a, uh, a little bit more juice uh, compared to, you know, our simulations before, you know, college football kind of went crazy and conferences were, you know, falling out, right? So you're going to see that as well. But again, it's all about finding those matchups. And especially another thing that you kind of hinted on, you know, week one, compare that to week two, because, you know, we always say and hear that, you know, the, the biggest, you know, uh, you know, line improvements and team improvements, everything, you know, comes from week one to week two, right? So you're going to see that in Vegas as well. And you're going to see them, you know, really try to, you know, not only get the numbers spot on, but they're also going to put some numbers out to entice betting. So if you have, say, an Alabama that comes out, and I believe they play Missouri, I think, their first game. Um, if they come out and say, you know, the line's 28 and a half and they win by 35. Well, whoever they have in week two, they're going to juice that line even more, you know, and try to get, you know, some betting on the other end. Because Alabama, you know, just as a national brand, 
um, you know, is always going to get bets thrown their way. So watch it from week one to week two. You're, you're going to see some crazy stuff come out there from Vegas. Uh, I, I cannot wait not only to watch these games, uh, but see how the betting trends start to form. Futures, win totals, all that stuff changed in the past three weeks because half of the FBS dropped out. and um, The games went from you know a 12-game regular season to 10 or 11, so a whole bunch of things are different now, too. But it does seem that some betting odds have changed for a couple of teams among the different conferences here, too. Um, what has gotten your attention as something to maybe gravitate toward or stay away from that stands as a prop or a future or an over-under for win total? Well, you know, again, I, I think that, you know, it, it, it's when you drop from 12 games to 10, okay? So what you're doing, you know, it, you have to take a look at the teams, at what teams did they drop and what teams did they pick up, okay? So, and it's not going to be the same for everybody because not everyone's out-of-conference schedule, you know, is built the same. So, you know, we'll take a, you know, a Clemson uh, to where, you know, we had them – uh, before, you know, it started, uh, you know, we, the line was at 11 and a half, you know, in 12 games, uh, and you know, it drops to, you know, 11 games, you know, for the ACC and they go to 10 and a half. Right. So, I mean, not much of a change there, but again, that goes with teams that are heavy favorites, uh, and that are juiced, but you take a team like say Ole Miss. Okay. So with them going from, you know, their out-of-conference schedule, which was, you know, besides the, you know, Baylor game to, to kick off the year, was pretty in their favor. And Sportsline actually had Ole Miss as the best over bet uh, this season. Well, them moving to an all-SEC schedule completely changed, you know, where we had their numbers. We had them at a six, six-and-a-half type win team. Now they're sitting, you know, at, at you know, a, a line of three-and-a-half to four. You know, and obviously you lose two games there, but still – I mean, it goes to show that, you know, their schedule got a little more difficult. So it, it, it requires knowing, you know, specific teams. But if you have a good feel on, say, a West Virginia, you know, and you, you, you know this team, you know what the schedule was before, you know what the schedule is after, you know, that's where you're going to be able to find your, 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 your uh, you know, your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's where you're going to find your value because you know this team better than anyone else does. So normally, and here's the weird thing. Normally they say, you know, don't bet, you know, on the team that you love. And I'm not saying to do that week to week, but when you're playing futures, you know that team better than anyone. So if we're sitting at, you know, looking at, you know, West Virginia and, you know, we've got them at, you know, I don't know what, four and a half, five wins somewhere around there. You know, you guys know that team better than anybody. And you know which side of the, you know, which side of the aisle to go with. Tennessee is a fascinating case, too, because they got railroaded by the new schedule like they went from a team that oh this looks pretty good for an over to oh my gosh how are they going to get that many wins and that's probably exactly what you're talking about right yep absolutely yeah you know tennessee we you know we had as a seven and a half possibly eight win team now that the schedule moved down to all sec and 10 we've got them at a five win team so they actually dropped a game in terms of percentage points so yeah i'm with you man like it's it, it you have to know you know what you were looking at before and what you were looking at after but you know if you do you can really, you know, really make some value because I'll say when the SEC schedules came out, Kentucky is a team that most people normally don't necessarily think about. But, you know, with their coach, with Stoops, they're well coached. Uh, they're, a, they're a better team than people think. And their, you know, opening win total was around four, four and a half. And that number quickly jumped to five and even five and a half at some shops because 
a lot of Kentucky fans, which, you know, most are betting with their heart, but also, you know, SEC fans or, you know, uh, Big 12 fans, you know, say in West Virginia or wherever, you know, that, that you're close to there and you understand this team. You looked at it and said, this team is better than a four-win team. I'm going to throw some money on it. And already the Vegas lines show up. Well, yeah, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Missouri, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina. That's half their schedule. Yeah. There's a chance yeah, they can clean fact, up too, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. So, and that's the thing. And, you know, think about this, you know, in, in, in especially, you know, college football-wise, like even in a normal schedule, like there's always, you know, you've got, you know, your rivalry games, you've got, you know, you're kind of into the season game, but there's always one game that, that, that's kind of the catalyst of the season, right? So if we're dropping schedules down to, you know, say 10 games, you know, that makes that, that game even more important. Like that one game alone can secure you an over and under, you know, that's, what's going to be most fascinating about it is that the risk is even more now because you have less games that you can afford to lose. All right. We've teased them long enough, Alan. You want to go into the big 12? <laughs> Let's do it. What do we think here? Um, I, I can look at the standings and figure out the top four, and you may throw them up in the air, and they may land in a different order all the time. But I think probably it's almost universally agreed that the favorites would be in some order, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. Um, yep. But I don't think you can establish a heavy favorite there now. And, and maybe the betting has whatever, but I can just look at every one of them and make a case for yes or no. Up-down votes are pretty easy here, I would think. Um, and then beyond that, like, who knows what crazy stuff happens. There's bound to be one or two teams that overachieve or just achieve, and everybody is not able to be consistent from week in and week out. And you may have somebody who's a 7-8 preseason prediction end up in 2-3-4. Who knows? Um, how do you forecast as best as you can, right? If you knew, you wouldn't be talking to me. You'd be on a beach somewhere on an island you own. I get that. <laughs> but how does this shake out, do you think, when when it does seem like there are established favorites from nearly half the conference, but also six teams are probably going to want to, you know, shake things up quite a bit? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I, I, you're spot on there. You know, your you're four teams, Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, right? right? Like those four make up, you know, the, the percentage. And I'll say this, before – the schedule uh, changed, right? When we were just looking at a normal, regular college football season, those four teams, uh, those four teams made up 80% of the percentage to win the Big 12, okay? So that's how big of, you know, kind of an advantage of where they are. So now when the schedule changes, you know, we look at it and, and it's pretty similar. Oklahoma remains, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the number one seed, you know, so to say, Texas two. Uh, but you see a, a change at three and four to where it was Iowa State three, Oklahoma State four. Now Vegas has moved it to Oklahoma State three. And, and what I mean by that is they're projected at seven wins. Iowa State's projected at six and a half. But I'll say this, you know, before the switch, we had Sportsline, we had a big percentage drop uh, between Iowa State and Oklahoma State to where we had, uh, you know, for, for perspective, we had. Oklahoma winning the division 28% of the time, Texas 25% of the time, Iowa State 21% of the time, and Oklahoma State 6% of the time. So now, I mean, if you see the percentage drop, you know, from 21% to 6%, that's a large, you know, uh, delta in between those two teams. And for Vegas to move Oklahoma State over Iowa State, obviously, one, it shows, you know, what the schedule looks like, you know, how it's changed. But two, that's where your value is going to be, especially if you're looking at the top two teams. So if Oklahoma State's sitting at a seven wins, uh, you know, projected total, Iowa State six and a half, you know, if you think Iowa State's going to be better, you know, than six and a half wins, 
uh, and you feel confident about it, you're going to get tremendous value, you know, with that. But yeah, I mean, you know, to to answer a question and a long story short, those four teams really do make up, you know, the top of the conference. Is there a smart futures bet outside of that top four, or is there a smart futures bet inside that top four that we're overlooking because we've limited it to just those four teams? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great question as well. So I would say, um, you know, if you can find, um, you know, Iowa State anywhere, um, you know, on the over, I think you might get some love there. Um, if you can find anywhere of Oklahoma State on the under, especially if that number jumps to seven and a half, um, you can you could potentially make some good money there. Um, you know, the 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 hard part is that you know once you get down to uh, you know, the teams below that, right? So you look at Kansas State, uh, them and TCU, you know, are kind of the next two teams that we talk about. Baylor, Texas Tech, um, you know, I, I think that Baylor took a big jump in terms of the odds of where Vegas sees them. Sportsline, we didn't have too favorable of a season for them. Uh, so them on the under might be a good bet there. Um, again, you know, I, I think that... You know, you look at West Virginia, you look at Kansas. I mean, Kansas, you're going to have, um, you know, you're looking at three wins, but a plus 125 on the over is about where you're going to get the price on that. So that's going to be something to where you say, okay, where can Kansas get a fourth win? Can they do it? Uh, can Les Miles pull something out? So if you could get and find that, uh, plus 125, man, you're, if you're getting a quarter on that, that, that's a good deal right there. It's the most 2020 thing ever. Voting for rooting for Kansas <laughs> to I pull know, out right? a fourth win this year. This year is upside down too. Um, <laughs> any any surprises? Any headlines for you as you run your simulations? You mentioned Baylor, and I can see that being uh, an argument either way. I mean, that coach and that coaching staff is working with talent quarterback um, who, who knows his way around. That's kind of a recipe for the Big 12, but but who knows? And you said the simulations weren't as kind of them. I personally don't see a lot of reason to be excited about Texas Tech, except that I think they've recruited okay. They have a number of transfers who may impact. I think that they're a little bit disorienting or deceiving because their quarterback hasn't been healthy. So I like them over, and I think they might do better in simulations. But I haven't run 10,000 of them for 10 teams. What have you learned? Yeah, you know, Texas Tech is not a bad play, especially, you know, their total sitting at four and a half wins. And, uh, you know, the price on the overs, minus 115. Price on the unders, minus 115. So Vegas sees it right at that, right? And to give that a comparison, Kansas State is, uh, you know, projected at five and a half wins. But the price, if you bet the overs, plus 115. If you bet the under, it's minus 145. So, again, that's where you're going to see where your value and where, te- you know, Vegas, Sportsline, you know, anybody that's kind of looking at these teams, you know, where they kind of, you know, project these teams to be. TCU, you know, is projected to get six wins. But, uh, you know, it's a somewhat favorite to fall under that. Baylor, same thing as well, like six and a half wins. But to bet the under is minus 160, right? Like, I mean, that's a monster number. So Vegas is feeling that under on Baylor, six and a half for sure. To give you, you know, a perspective on West Virginia, sitting at four and a half wins, uh, you know, the price is uh, minus 115 on either side. So that, you know, Vegas feels, you know, pretty comfortable there. So always pay attention to those. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that Baylor um, and Kansas State uh, and you know TCU, what we just talked about, those are going to be where you see the biggest discrepancies once the season's over. But you got to get in early with TCU because these have not been updated since their quarterback was out for the season or out yeah. indefinitely, I guess, too. So if you don't like them at one, minus one twenty five under six, <laughs> yeah, may want to get moving here soon. Um, nope. 
No, and that, and not, not to interrupt you, like that's also you know another important thing. And you know, I I'm big on futures. I bet a lot in the NFL, very very large on them. Um, <laughs> get, I mean, get in now. Like, and not only you know injury wise, obviously what you're talking about, but get in now because those numbers, especially as we get closer to the year and especially to week one, there you're going to see a massive change going to the favorites quickly. So yeah, if you see something you like, get in now. All right. And then let's, let's close the, the big 12 section here before I hit with one more general topic, but on West Virginia, um, I, I think they're a difficult team to bet neutral for or against, no matter how you feel about them or what you don't feel about them, because their numbers last year are so skewed because the first season, um, I think a lot of people look at the stats and say the quarterback started nine games and he's back. He's going to be the starter. He's probably not. The guy who went two and one, his three starts at the end, Jared Dagey, is probably going to start. You figure a guy who played better and won more in conference play at the end of the season, if he's your starter, your offense is better. They have a number of young players who just frankly grew up and they're going to use some first-year talent transfers. Um, and these are just things you don't know about or I think are difficult to quantify in a computer sense like you're talking about too. But also, they're not the most talented team. They have a difficult schedule. Um, they were under 500 last season, and sometimes if you have guys who weren't good and they come back, they're still not good. It doesn't excuse everything is because they get older. Um, so they could be accurately projected, too. Um, how difficult do you think is a team like West Virginia to project, and what do the numbers say about them? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, like th- that – that's what makes it so difficult, especially when there are changes at the quarterback position. Uh, it's just going to be like we talked about earlier. You know, when you're looking at it, you know, if you're looking at it from a game by game spread perspective, week one's going to be tough, man, because, you know, there's just not a lot of information out there, and especially with how, you know, again, truncated, you know, this, this you know, offseason and fall camp and everything has been. There's just not, you know, unless you, you know, are, are around the team you know, for, you know, good amounts of time covering them specifically, it's going to be hard for Vegas to have a clear objective and idea, you know, on anybody, especially when there is big change at that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, like watch what happens from week one to week two with West Virginia, but everyone as a whole, you're going to see a big adjustment period, but, you know, not to give you a non-answer, but that's exactly what the answer is, is that this is a, you know, this is a bit of a guessing game for Vegas too, because again, you know, it's not like they have too much more information than the rest of us do. Uh, they're kind of taking a swing at this as well. I love how you're doing business here. They get in now, get busy, throw the ducats out there and make it work. It's good. It's smart. And I think you're right, too, because this is such an unusual preseason because the media is not around the teams. We're not watching practice. We're not seeing who's healthy, who's not, who's practicing, who's not, who's good, who's bad. We're really just kind of throwing darts in the dark a little bit, um, which leads me to this, too. The most unusual part about this is the unknown. Who's going to be available from week to week and how long someone's going to be out? You and I were texting back and forth, and you mentioned that this is going to be a potentially a mess without a governing body. Um, there are no standardized injury reports like there are in the NFL, and there's an obvious reason why they exist in the NFL. Um, this seems like it could be a circus from week to week. There's no policy in place for a conference between the power – three, I guess, the six conferences who are playing. I don't I don't know if they really care about sports wagering, but I also don't think that they're going to be withholding a lot of it or be holding to a lot of information. Um, if my quarterback's not playing, I'm probably not telling a team until we get out there because the media hasn't seen me practice, so who's going to know? Gamesmanship, advantages, all that stuff coaches are going to cling to. Do, do you have a hope or an idea for how this turns out, or is it just kind of wait and see because there are no rules? I think it's a lot of wait and see. So, I mean, you know, first off, your point, 
in terms of gamesmanship, absolutely. And especially now, you know, the schedules are, you know, pretty much conference only or conference plus one. You know, you're going against all the teams that you hate, right? And all the teams that you're paid to win, you know, paid to beat or you're fired if you lose against. So absolutely, coaches are going to hold on to more information, you know, even more. And that's, that's also, you know, you brought up a really good point in terms of the COVID situation and, you know, what is college going to look like? Because, you know, the NFL, we all have an idea, right? The NFL, uh, you know, is governed by the NFL. It's pretty standard. It's uniform across the board. Um, and, and, you know, they don't really have, you know, the, the outside, um, I'm going to say, you know, what's the proper word to say? They, they don't have a lot of, uh, you know, outside influences per se that college has. And what I mean by that is this, is that, you know, you're going to have schools that have, you know, student bodies there, right? 20,000 people, right? And, and you know, it, it, one player going to a party can, you know, can, can ruin everything. And, you know, again, I'm not going to preach on that, but what, but to your point, is that we just don't know. You know, you could take out an entire offensive line, you know, for one game. And we're not going to know that information literally until, you know, two hours before kickoff on Saturday, right? So, I mean, that's the big unknown with college is that how is this going to play out? And I have no idea. I'm not going to project anything on that because none of us do. But the risks are there to where we could see craziness happen. And, we and, and you know, we, we don't have a governing body. We don't have you know, one person or group, you know, kind of standing over and saying, hey, this is how we do it. This is what we're going to do. I mean, even teams, you know, releasing their testing information is completely different conference to conference, team by team, right? So it, it, it's going to be the Wild West, man. And I know, you know, from a, from, you know, take it, you know, looking a thousand feet away from it, just as college football fans that we all are, we just hope that we get through the year, even if it's crazy, let's just get through it. Hopefully we can have a season because, 2020 has been terrible. I think we all at least deserve this. All right, last one. We're going we're gonna to put our feet to the fire on one thing here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Saturday, 9 p.m., week zero. Off the radar, top 25 matchup in the FCS. Austin P. and Central Arkansas. This is our first football, Allen, in a long, long time. People are going to have their apps fired up and be trying to make up for lost time, so to speak, here. I maybe get out on the right side of the ledger before – the whole schedule comes back in here. Um, this feels like a really close game between two teams here. I, I know way more about this than I'm comfortable saying. Um, it just feels like that Vegas says, ah, three points, but I would imagine they don't want to push a whole lot of stuff. So maybe three and a half. I don't know. But um, th those are two pretty good FCS programs. Um, Central Arkansas has got a lot of their offensive talent back. Austin Peace had a bizarre offseason, uh, lost their coach. They shut down for a while. They're replacing some NFL ish talent at running back lost their quarterback um it should be a fun game in the fcs conversation too it's live i'm sure there's going to be a line in it somewhere um this is fun to watch it might also be fun to bet too <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean especially with a game where you know it's starting off you know the season and again odd situation that they've had you know with their coach losing him you know not too terribly long ago uh, you know, it is odd. And how much is that going to play into it? So if you're looking at, you know, a central Arkansas, um, you know, you know, favored by what, four and a half, I think the over under set at 42 and a half. Um, you know, it, it's, you might want to go with a team who has a coach, like, you know, then has one, you know, place put in, but again, I'm not projecting the game. I'm not, I'm not going to make any picks, you know, per se, but again, 
losing a coach like that is is brutal, especially how uh, odd the circumstances were. Um, it it there there was something going on uh, within him within that team. And, uh, you know, I, I like to go with continuity, especially with a season or off season that's been as crazy as this. So I'm not going to say, but I'm kind of saying exactly where I'd fall on that. Uh, that's, that's just where I sit, man. What about you? I, I'm with you on all that stuff. I just um, and I don't know, Austin Peay lost their quarterback. And I think one of the guys they brought in, he opted out of the season. So maybe a guy who was going to be the, the new quarterback, he's out. Uh, they ran the ball really well, but those two guys that have gone lost are going to be hard to replace. And then uh, I just like central Arkansas quarterbacks really good. Like a 36 touchdown guy, the receiver's good. Their defense is good. I just, I just like it. And I think that this is one of those things you might see something open up and just be really weird. Like one of those week one, actually week zero games, but every now and then there's a week one game. You're like, man, one team was ready and one team was not. And yeah. everything you just talked about, it would seem more like the team that's, that's more prepared. Never mind to open up and like be forty-two to ten. I'm just saying, more prepared and can win the game. Would probably no, no, I, I'm with, yeah, I, I'm with you. You know, and you look at Braylon Smith. You know, their quarterback. I mean, he threw for two hundred eighty-three yards or more in eight of the thirteen games last season. So you're talking about a team that has its head coach in place, its structure in place, and its quarterback in place. Like, we're that's giving you all the information that you probably need to know, right? And you know, I, I'll say this, Sportsline. Uh, you know, our experts that are on it, uh, they've all picked uh, Central Arkansas, even at minus five. So uh, minus usually, five. Wow. Yep, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So, you know, our our experts and our guys, uh, they feel comfortable on that one. So they kind of agree with us that, you know, Central Arkansas is probably the strong player. And one more time, get in early because that minus five may start moving pretty soon, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, especially with how the NBA games, uh, NHL, you know, in terms of their postponements, et cetera, things like that. People are going to be looking to bet something. I mean, there's a reason why Russian ping pong was, you know, a monster this summer for Vegas books. And I'm not kidding about that, by the way. Like, bettors want to bet on something. So if we're seeing games in other leagues, you know, that are being postponed and, and, you know, and again, you know, we don't know what happens next week with those. Um yeah, get in as early as you can on that. You're right there. Alan, I can't thank you enough, man. I think I'm, I'm mentally richer, and hopefully I'm actually richer several <laughs> weeks from now when I can I can tap you on the back and say, hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. But for the time <laughs> alone, uh, priceless conversation. Um, real quick, where can people find you? What can they expect? Yeah, definitely, man. So first off, let me say I could not thank you enough for having me on, man. It's a, it's a real treat for me, and you know, hopefully we can do it again down the road. Um, yeah, people can find me. You can find me on Twitter, at uh, AllenBell247. But you know, the big one is Sportsline.com, and no matter whether you're in the college football, basketball, NBA, NHL, NFL, fantasy, I'm telling you, we have something for you, and we got the best data in the game. So go to Sportsline.com, click around, check it out. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Well, that is all for this time. Until next time, and Alan, we will do this again sometime, I promise. I am Mike Casaza. We will talk to you later.